0: A event, Feel about that and barbecue. Let's go to the phones and uh, let's bring in Turkey Man. Turkey
1: Man. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, I, I was talking to Ben there. Uh, uh, George Casco. He used to be. Uh, he used to coach the uh, the uh, kickers. And, uh, and we
2: we honored Johnny
1: Majors this past game, because he was always big in uh, special things. Of course, you. You mentioned it yourself, Wayne, that that was a bright shot, shining spot on our, uh, football team is, uh, is special teams. And, uh, mm-hmm. I remember back we'd see a kick, quick kick or kick, uh, for, because of rain
2: and, and
1: move it down field, make him handle it in, in their backyard and, and usually get a turnover. But that right there is so important. That we take make light of it some ways about it, but uh, Evan, Evan Berry that we had that they was ready to kick to him on return. That is that is a part of the part of the game that uh, probably makes 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 it or breaks you if you don't have a good special team. That being said, just talking about players that benefit, and uh, I wanted to get your comment on a couple of things uh one we care less about Alabama but but uh, Henry by him going to Alabama not not making light or nothing but it looks like he escaped all this stuff, probably benefited from, from the coaching staff before we don't know all was there. But looks like he has benefited greatly. But I didn't think the way he played last year that he'd have a uh, the recognition that he is getting, uh, some looks like he may in some way benefited by the by the change in regimes. But banks, you get on this, I I, I think banks as from our team here now is benefited. And I was thinking the other day, yesterday, the game bit, and we got down to you know running backs hurt. Uh, if it wasn't for the fumbling, uh, Banks was probably most dynamic young back we've seen in a while. He, he can hang on the ball. He run hard. And I wonder if they ever thought about possibility of, of using him in that direction. But um, that's my two cents, guys. Get out of here and have a good day.
0: Hey, thank you, Turkey, man. Um, no, I don't think there's a reason to be moving Banks back back to running back or using him. Any special situations? We I mean, got plenty, plenty of running backs uh, over there. Who's who's on the phone? Vol Patriot. Vol Patriot. Uh, what's up,
3: fellas? You all right over there? Getting yeah, old? You know, getting up? <laughs> uh. <laughs> nah, that's the uh, that's the good morning stretch, there, man. How you guys been doing, man? We uh, we're, we're good, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, um, I was at that uh, Pitts game. Uh, I know you guys have been talking about it all week. I really had much of a chance to listen in and whatnot. i been busy. Huh, you said the pit but, game, huh? Uh,
0: we didn't know about that.
3: We didn't get a, <laughs> we didn't get a message or nothing. You're hmm. hilarious. Let me see how it is. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, coming up, uh, well, coming from Greenville, South Carolina, I was going to uh, going through the Smoky Mountains, man. It was beautiful uh, getting to the stadium and being in that environment. And, man, we were rocking you know uh kind of felt like that game you know I'm definitely going to say that we, we we had a few we had a few missteps you know and got penalized for it but man uh them refs them, them refs were uh, very biased in my opinion uh I wasn't calling the game on both ends but you know watching <clears throat> watching Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker man and I really was critical of Joe Milton uh you know, from from the angle I was seeing, but you know, just the other day I got a chance to actually watch the footage on uh, film, and to be honest, he actually didn't do bad. You know, he 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 had uh, he hit Hyatt, who uh, you know he caught it kind of with his body a little bit and ended up knocking himself out of the game, and and then he had that overthrown pass, uh, and I can't think who who, who was too, but the other passes I noticed, man, it Tillman. was it was because. The bad one was a Tillman. The okay, real bad the Tillman. okay, the Tillman. Okay. Obvious miss that. Right there, I was kind of like, here we go. And, you know, he missed a couple other times. I was just like, wow, man, this is crazy. But when I watched the footage, man, I realized, wow, he actually he overthrew a lot of guys because of the pressure in his face. And I honestly felt like if he didn't have, you know, someone in his face, he might actually hit somebody. You know, so and watching, you can really see why they, why they like him. Uh, it's unfortunate. I don't know if he's still hurt or what the status is. I, I hadn't heard anything about it, but, you know, I actually, I actually have a different appreciation for that young man. And, you know, hopefully they continue to work with all the quarterbacks, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Harrison Bailey fan, but obviously they see something. We don't see it. I'm not going to comment, you know, more on it, but, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to to see what they can improve on, man. But, injuries and everything going is kind of a frustration. I know a Turkey Man was talking about Jeremy Banks. Speaking of which, shout out to Turkey Man. But uh, I know he was talking about Banks moving. Yeah, I don't I don't see that uh, that being a, a good option. I think Banks is fine where he's at. No need to uh, switch the role there. But, yeah, man, I just wanted to just weigh in a little bit. Um, hopefully we make the adjustments because uh, I want to drain the swamp, man. For but sure. uh Ben Swain much love to you guys man.
0: Hey thank you man. Thanks for the phone call. Uh Vol, Vol Patriot. Um Austin wants to know Overton on t- uh not Twitter but on YouTube what is going on with uh, uh Romel Keaton? Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just a guy in the
0: room. Jag is what they call him. Just, just another guy. Just a guy. Just
2: a guy. So, um, where's the number eighty? I I don't know anything about Ramel Keaton. I don't have anything to offer. I'm sorry.
0: I don't. I don't have anything either. I mean, obviously, people are expecting more than what they're seeing. So. Uh, D'Angelo says over under two forced turnovers this week. I'm going to push. I think it will be two, two forced turnovers. But it needs to be like it needs to be more. Um, but I'm going to just you know just um, realistically. I, I I don't know if they go from not getting any in two games and then getting three or four. Even if it against Tennessee Tech, I'm I'm more comfortable going two. So I do think they force some turnovers. I think Tennessee. Um, we'll win the turnover margin Hopefully it is 4, get back to even But I'm going 2, I think it'll be plus 2 Let's see um, Rusty on Facebook says hopefully hitting hooker will start on Saturday um, Danny says good morning on Facebook Blackout Jones, a hey, part of three the three phases of football Talking about special teams, oh for sure Special team stuff, is just, they, they're just jokes. We're just joking around. It's serious. It's serious. I think special team has kind of warped people's perception on the Pittsburgh game because remember you got the block punt and got the ball in two-yard line. And so, if you are Pittsburgh, because we have we heard all week from our side, and we've said it, man, what an effort. Man, what an effort. Guys played their butts off, man. And, yeah, these penalties, 13 penalties for 134 yards, and you were minus three in the turnover margin, and you still had a chance to, you know, tie the game up if it wasn't for, you know, a fourth down stop and hey, spot was bad on third down and short. But Pittsburgh can sit here and say, "Man, we could have beat them a whole lot. We gave up block punt. You know, we had field position that was against us in the first quarter. I mean, Pitt was pinned, and then when they got out of, you know, their own end zone, they had more room. They started moving the football. So, if you're Pitt, you you could be, you know, feeling confident about what you could have done against Tennessee." Probably feel like you could have you know, beat Tennessee by two or three scores. So it's all about perspective, but it's hard to expect Tennessee to block a punt and put themselves on the two yard line each and every game. So you got to kind of take that in consideration. Um, Big Bad Leo on YouTube says If you are the head coach, who are you starting at QB in the Florida game, and what do you think we need to do to win that game? I don't have an answer for you because we play this week. Like we play. Who played this week? Not because I'm saying, don't look ahead in the Florida game because Tennessee Tech's going to beat you, but let's see who performs
2: the best in this game. It's Tennessee Tech. They don't, got shut out by Furman. You
0: can still play bad. They got the, shut, shut out individually being,
2: by the Furman last week. Man, there were some people that individually did not play well against Bowling Green. I know, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but here's a serious question. It feels as if... There's more – like, I don't feel like any quarterback's going to gain anything with a great performance this week. But I feel like they could lose a lot with a poor performance. Because if you play well, if Joe Milton starts or Milton, Hendon, if they go 10 for 12, 200, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and they add 40 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, everybody's going to say, okay, cool, that's Tennessee Tech. But if, if Milton goes out there and, and has the same issues that he did against Bowling Green and Pitt, and we look at his stat line at the end of the night, and it's 6 for 12 or 73 yards and zero touchdowns and same old, same old that has been the first two games, then people are actually going to take that into legitimate consideration where they won't take in the positive performance into consideration because of the opponent. I'm going to look at it like a coach. And I'm looking at
0: who prepares the best this week. Who's locked in this week? Who's able to take what we worked on in the film room, what we talked about in the film room, and apply it? Do I have to coach you twice? Do I have to make the same point twice where I just Went over the film with you in the film room and now I gotta do it again on the football field. That shows who's mentally locked in and who's not. Like stuff like that matters. Does it translate from period to period? So we're talking to individuals about, hey, this correction, this, you know, this is what we need to do. Does it translate now when you go routes versus air? Do you take what you did in routes versus there, do you move it over to seven on seven? Does it, like, every all that stuff matters now. How you prepare. And then how do you go out there and, and execute and play on Saturday? And I think that goes into my decision next next week. But to sit here and, and, and say who I think should start against Florida, that's crazy because they got to play against Tennessee Tech first. We're not talking about, like, the outcome of the game. We know what the outcome of the game is gonna be. Tennessee's gonna win. But individual performances in the game I think matter and will play a part in who gets the nod
2: next week. Oh, so it absolutely will. I'm just saying from from like my perspective, like I, I expect any of the three quarterbacks if if they get in against Tennessee Tech, I expect them to to all play well. For sure. Me too. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, maybe shame on me, but if if Milton or or Hooker or or Harrison go out there and and plays poorly, I'm going to hold that against them because they should not play poorly against Tennessee Tech. I agree.
0: My point is we don't know who that's going to be because it's Thursday. Right. And so let's wait and see who that's going to be before we start trying to name a start against Florida.
2: I I just (laughs) – I I hope that – I really hope that none of the quarterbacks – Struggle on uh, on on Saturday just because it, it is
0: it'll be a wrap. Yeah,
2: perception wise. Per, per, it, well, it just not won't be a fun conversation to have. And then obviously my my personal feelings towards the situation. I I, <laughs> I might eliminate them if if they play from play poorly against Tennessee Tech. I may eliminate them in in my own head. So I just and and like here here's the the difference between like you and I had had the 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 spirited discussion about Joe Milton Hendon Hooker yesterday. And like, this Saturday, like when Milton goes out there, I hope he plays well. If Harrison goes out there, I hope he plays well. That, that's the difference between people thinking level-headed and, and others popping off at the mouth who take everything personally, who, who think we have some vendetta uh, against each guy. I don't care who is the quarterback. That's what, that's what children do and I'm not what, saying that we're we're the most level-headed people on on the, on the planet but like I I would roll with Hidden Hooker. I would roll with Hidden Hooker against Florida, but if Milton's in there, if Harrison's in there, I'm not rooting for them to do poorly. That's what children do, man. I'm rooting for them to to make me look like an idiot because I care more about Tennessee's quarterback play being solid and, and playing well. I, I agree with Whereas you. Like you, you see these comments on on social media and, and the message boards and on the text box it's like oh just just I can't wait to to see your reaction when when your boy throw throws a pick and it's like what you can't wait for this guy to throw a pick just because you want to be that right about a quarterback yeah blowing. I've,
0: I've I've never cared about who played quarterback even when I was a player. <laughs> it long now, now I had a different viewpoint when i was a player because I was a Receiver, so I wanted to win, and I wanted to get the ball. But now I got after playing, I don't care who's the quarterback as long as they're the best, you know, guy for the job, and we and we win. So children take it personal and think there is some type of bias, you know, when there's a disagreement or someone's getting on to you. Like I remember when I was a, a kid and a teacher used to get on to me. There was just one teacher, sixth grade, my second time doing sixth grade. And this one teacher, man, she was on me. I was like, man, she don't like me. She always on me. She was on me because she wanted, like, she cared more. Like, she wanted to see me be successful. And so, like, I was a child and I wasn't mature. It ain't personal. But children do that. Oh, well, you you obviously biased against this. Oh, man, (laughs) ain't got nothing to do with that. Oh well, yeah, if he buys, he for, he obviously for you are obviously biased for this person. No, not that either. <laughs> it's really neither. It's really neither. All right, um, hour two here in the Swaying Event will return after this. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain Event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. 7007 42nd Street Brand
4: Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. A Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses.
2: When you see the happy face on our truck, you'll be smiling because you'll know that you're in love.
3: Hiller, we care about your family's comfort all year long. If you get caught without air conditioning this summer, we're offering a free service call with any repair. That's a free service call when we do the work on your HVAC system. Visit happyhiller.com to schedule your appointment today.
4: Top 100 barbecue restaurant, Dead End Barbecue, is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or, if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadnbbq.com Dead in Barbecue, the search is over.
0: You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. University of Tennessee would love for you to add some orange pride to your ride. Official UTK license plates are now available at your local county clerk. Across the state of Tennessee, more than half of the annual fee, which is $61.50, for the custom license plate, um, more than half of that fee goes to support the Alumni Scholarship Program. Talk to your local county clerk or visit alumni.utk.edu for more information. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America. Uh, Alex Golish was on vol calls last night. And Ben... What did he say that that, that grabs your attention? That stood
2: out to you? Uh, before we discuss the the main thing that grabbed my attention, I, I thought it was it was cool how he discussed how they begin planning on what plays to call because they they go so fast. It is kind of intriguing. You, you're going so fast. How, how do you call a play so quickly? How do you decide which which play to run? And he said that he and Hypel, they, they start planning on Wednesday what plays to call based on the situation on the field. So they, they have plays planned for uh, down and distance, where the ball is spotted, time on the clock, so on and so forth. If, if you watched the, the Manning broadcast of Monday Night Football, then you heard Peyton talking about Greg Roman. I think it was Greg Roman. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, talking about coordinators... Having plays, you know, charted on their on their big play chart, so they'll they'll have it categorized in first and ten plays. Mm-hmm. Um, down according to the down distance, right? Second and five to second and ten. Goal line, goal line, short yardage. Short, yep. yep, yep, yep. So on a third and two to third and five, what plays do I like to call here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Coach Golish said that they start that on on Wednesday. So. They, they already know what they're going to call in particular situations depending on, on the circumstances on the field. So I thought that was interesting. But the, the really interesting part of Alex Golish's time on Vol calls last night was his comments on the quarterbacks. He was asked about Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker by Bob Kessling, what he liked about both of their games. And on Joe Milton... Alex Gullish said that he has a good feel for what's going on in our system. He understands both in the run game and the pass game what we're trying to do. Obviously, he's a work in progress. 30 practices in and two games in, so he's playing catch-up in a lot of ways there after not going through spring ball. On Hendon Hooker, he brings a savvy. Started 20 games at his previous place. Highly intelligent and a cool demeanor. Really athletic, and his running gives you a dynamic to call plays around him. There's a sense of calm and confidence with him. Does everything like a vet. You don't worry about his preparation. He was asked about Joe Milton's missed throws. He said that you're you're honest and harsh, but then you go back through the process of what led to the missed throws. The preparation can get you beat at times, so we're continuing to work with Joe about the preparation and process to make those throws. For coaches and Joe, it makes us sick to miss out on those opportunities when you have guys running wide open down the field. Now during the break you mentioned
0: you know about you know Willie Martinez having his own comments about um preparation. You know, he did speak to the media uh on Tuesday
2: and um Ben what did what did Willie say? Yeah, not not just Willie, but just the the coaching staff as a whole, it's it's been there it's been the biggest thing that they've harped on all week long is that you don't get beat on Saturday. You get beat Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday based off of of poor preparation. The the, the poor preparation and 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 potential poor process gets you beat. On on Saturday, if, if you don't prepare the correct way throughout the week, then then you're not going to be equipped to go out and, and win on on Saturday. So Willie Martinez really harped on that when he was talking about his his defensive backs earlier this week. Josh Heupel has said it numerous times. Uh, Alex Golish alluded to that as as well. That, that's been the big talking point uh, from the coaches this week. I believe Cody Burns touched on it uh, as as well. I mean, that's, that's why I say foundation is a,
0: is, is, practice is the foundation of any football team. I mean, the culture, um, how important practice is. Like, go look at USC when Pete Carroll was there. And I think they called it, I think it's either on a Tuesday or Wednesday, they would call it like competition Tuesday or competition Wednesday. And those practices were harder than the games. And, you know, today it's, you know, it's Alabama. And their practices are harder than the games, and that's 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 where you grow. And there's there's games that I can point to that I was like, yeah, we we won that game on Saturday. We we wanted that week in practice, but how we practice, how locked in and focused we were. Um, and after a loss, like our coaches point to how we practice. Like I was worried. You know, we didn't have the best week of practice. You hear coach say it all the time.
2: Say it all the time. So, you heard Sam Pittman on the SEC teleconference yesterday. Say it. Uh, Sam Pittman talks before Josh Heupel. So, I always get to hear uh, Sam Pittman because I try to get on five ten minutes before mm-hmm. Heupel gets on. And I'm glad that Sam Pittman's before before Heupel and Nick Saban's right after Heupel. So, before and after, I get I get a little tidbits of 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 knowledge from, from some good coaches where I think last year Pruitt was like behind Derrick Mason. Oh what a what a snooze fest. <laughs> yeah, so it's like trying to stay awake, waiting on Pruitt to to talk and, and Derek Mason's up here talking about his his vest that he has mounted in his office <laughs> from, from his win over Tennessee. Um and obviously Arkansas coming off of a big win over Texas and uh Sam Pittman was asked about how his team has responded to the success of of winning such a big game and they they don't play anybody big this week I can't remember off the top top of my head who Arkansas plays but it, it's a it, it's a Tennessee Tech like team and he said that he was not pleased with how practice went early in the week um, Georgia Southern Georgia Southern that's right so Georgia Southern better than Tennessee Tech but uh, not a power five school is what I was getting at. And and Sam Pittman has not been practiced or was not thrilled by the energy level coming off of the win over over Texas. Yeah, man, it's
0: all, it's all about that practice, man. Yeah, they play uh, Georgia Southern this week, and then they play Texas A&M next week. And then the week after that, they play Georgia. And then the week after that, they play Ole Miss. So <laughs> they got a. They got a back-to-back-to-back uh, stretch of playing ranked teams. And then after Ole Miss, they play Auburn. So they got four potential L's that they're looking at. But I think they'll respond, and I think they'll beat one of these teams. I think they will, man.
2: I think they're going to beat A&M.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Quarterback issues. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat AM. I really wouldn't be surprised. I don't. I don't. I think they win two out of those four games. They're not beating Bama.
2: they They're, they're not.
0: They're not playing Bama. They playing. Oh, Georgia, uh, Texas A and M, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn. I think they beat
2: Auburn and A and M for sure. Yeah. So those are those are the two that I would. Those would be my I would two guesses. On. I'm I'm curious to see Auburn this Saturday against Penn State. They Auburn hasn't played anybody yet. They they beat down. Akron week one, and then they beat down Alabama State this past weekend, and it, it had a different vibe because under Gus Malzahn they struggled in those games, nearly lost to Sanford. I mean, they they had weird games like that all the time, and then now they're coming out and beating folks sixty to nothing back to back weeks, not messing around. Auburn has done what we wanted Tennessee to do to Bowling Green the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. So I, I'll be curious to see, now that they're playing a school that has more of their talent, how how they look under, under Brian Harson Because Bo Nix has been light out, lights out the past two weeks, but we understand the level of competition. So I'll be curious to see what they look like. Uh, Chip Garrett says, we need to play Tennessee Tech like it's
0: Florida, Georgia, Obama. Give your all. Go Vols.
2: Chip, you know that ain't
0: going to happen. It sounded good, though. <laughs> I bet mean, it felt good typing that. And then hitting sin? Yes. Yes. We need to play like Tennessee Tech. We need to play Tennessee Tech like it's Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Give your all. send. <laughs> yeah. You know dang well, Chip, that ain't going to happen. It ain't no game. <laughs> ain't none other game. None other game where we pay the opponent felt like Alabama, or we played like we were playing at, playing Alabama, I'll be lying to you if we looked at them the same.
2: It's I, impossible. I would be lying. Yeah, absolutely. I would be lying to you. But that doesn't mean that you can't play with the the requisite amount of, of effort and energy, and, and that is something that I think Tennessee will do against Tennessee Tech. A- effort and energy is not an issue with this bunch. The difference is like when you make big
0: plays, the celebration is a little different. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember, I remember uh, you know scoring touchdown, two touchdowns against Memphis. I just gave the ball to the ref. <laughs> I didn't have any emotion, man. I just didn't. I'm glad you didn't get a 15 yard penalty. I didn't, but the catch and run against Florida, where I tried to dive from the five yard line and. It was down to one, and I think Arium scored the next play. But, like, that was different. That catch and run to score against Florida was different than the catch it run that I had against Marshall and against Memphis. Or the touchdown I had against Air Force. Like, it was just, all right, ref, here, here's the ball. It was pretty easy. <laughs> Did I play hard in all you know, four scenarios? Absolutely, I played hard. But it's just it just hits different, man. It's just different. It's just different.
2: Uh, Josh Heupel had some comments I wanted to share from Calls, if that's okay with you. He had some interesting. For sure, man. Anytime the head coach got something to say and it's good, let's, 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 let's hear it. Yeah, and you, you typically hear the head coach open up a little bit more on, on calls because he, he understands the, the setting and that fans are in attendance and fans listening. Not that they don't to, to regular press conferences, but. This ain't, this ain't Central Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he gives a little more info and uh, personality on vault calls for sure. Uh, with the penalties, he said that they were very uncharacteristic and they were disappointed with how they conducted themselves. Said there's always officials at practice. And when Bob Kessling asked him if, if penalties had been an issue at times in practice, Heipel said no. Uh, he felt like because the game was so important. Guys were pressing too much. I mean, you think about two of the penalties that
0: was, th- I mean, thirty yards. The Jeremy Banks um, body slam, and then the K. mays hit at pract- the I mean, hit at the play. Like, you ain't you ain't hitting in practice like that. Mm-hmm. So that eliminates those two penalties right there because you are not tackling uh, during a weekend practice. And then you know, I am thinking about some of the other other penalties that we had.
2: Um, Pi. I mean. Warren Burrell pulled him to the ground. Well, did I know Tillman got OPI, offensive pass interference, and he should have been called for it. that. Yeah, yeah, call. yeah. He throw, pulled The throw was inside and low. Yeah, and, the guy pulled, and Tillman pulled him to the ground or pushed him, whatever. Didn't Warren Burrell get called for defensive pass interference? I think he did. And the ball's thrown out of bounds. It's uncatchable? No, that was Flowers. When Flowers That's tripped right. up, the, the, the feet got tangled. That was such
0: a terrible call. Yeah.
2: So, I mean – I mean, you had a couple of PIs that... The kind of fluky
0: ones. Yeah, yeah, like four it. penalties that equaled 60 yards.
2: How often do you see offensive pass interference? Not a ton. I mean, it's no. not rare. You, you see it more than it's
0: called. That That is true. <laughs> Let's just say that. You see it more than it's called.
2: Jay Wade will appreciate you saying that. Yeah, forget DBs. I can't stand them.
0: <laughs> but... They don't call it unless it is obvious. And in that case, it was obvious against it, against Tillman. It was. And like the, the
2: Darnell Wright one was fluky to me. Cade kind of stands up and claps his hands and Darnell thinks <laughs> that it's the quarterback clapping his hands. That that to me was a little fluky. There there were some fluky penalties for, for Tennessee. Now it is a huge concern because you go look at UCS penalty stats under Hypel and they don't inspire a ton of confidence. But uh, so, something to monitor going forward. They only had, I believe, four penalties in the first game. Yeah, that's what I'm looking up right
0: now. i so, uh, see how many penalties they had in the first game. And I that's something it was that, four. So yeah, that's something that um when 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 Tennessee was starting with the Butch Jones regime, Tennessee was one of the best teams in the SEC and at not getting penal, penalized. And, and love um, to let you know about it too. Yeah, for sure. And it was important. Yeah. It, it was it was it was very important. And I mean to. to To beat anybody else, the first thing you got to do is not beat yourself. So um, We had five penalties for 45 yards, so not terrible. No.
2: All right. Uh, I liked what Hypo had to say about special teams. Okay. Uh, He said it was critical because all of the skills you learn translates to offense and defense, and that they brought in someone from the Denver Broncos, and this person from the Broncos told the team that unless you're a first-round pick, you're not going to make a team if you can't play special teams mm. and, and guys have bought into that so uh, I really liked that and then a quick injury update because like I said earlier he, he went into a little more detail on on vol calls uh, he did say the same thing about the starting quarterback situation as he did on the SEC teleconference earlier in the day that both Hendon and Joe have been working this week and that he expects a, a high level of play whoever is out there but that Milton's status is is still a, a question mark. Uh, and then he said, there's no certainty with the health of the running backs going into Tennessee Tech, said Tyon Evans and Jabari Small have been moving around, but their availability remains a question mark. Uh, Cooper Mays is, quote, starting to get on the grass and be with us, but that they don't know if it's the best thing to play him Saturday against Tennessee Tech. So that told me that Cooper is is not going to play. And then the last thing that I, I really liked from Hypo and ball calls, he said it's important to play in-state teams. Uh, not only, he, he didn't say this, but not only are you keeping the money in the state, but he likes that because when you play Tennessee Tech, there, there's a lot of people tied in to, to UT. Guys grew up dreaming of playing for Tennessee or or families that are Tennessee fans, and, and he thinks it's, it's really awesome to, to give people across the state of Tennessee with ties to the University of Tennessee a chance to either play in Neyland or watch them play in Neyland. I thought that was really cool that Heupel thought it was important to play in-state teams like this weekend. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Why give that
0: money to a program outside the state when you can give it to someone um, right here? So I agree. Um, What are you talking about, Rodney. What are you talking about Rodney and Austell? What, you, what are you talking about? We'll read with Rodney and others. Uh, put on the text box, Neela and Mafia. Uh, Rodney and Austell, we'll get to the text box right there in your free Swing Event app. You can ask questions, comment, any point during the show, we'll get to the text box when we return. So stay with us. Be right back. Can't call in, don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open minded, results driven solutions to brand design. seven zero zero seven 42nd street brand strategy design when i made the move to my own studio i was worried about this i was worried about that i was worried about hey did i get this piece of equipment did i get that piece of equipment does that sound good does that not sound good one thing i didn't have to worry about that was office furniture because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this set everything up to learn more about what office furniture outfitters can do for you log on to OFONOX.com. that's ofonocks.com
4: top 100 barbecue restaurant dead end barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality q dead end makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from chow now for pickup Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. JC's Tree and
0: Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799.
1: I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing.
4: I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good.
2: Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself.
4: Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com.
0: is brought to you by iris networks business internet and voice that you can count on you start your relationship with iris networks 90 days that you will get without payment fiber internet and voice tennessee business connecting tennessee businesses and um we, we like to highlight positivity during this segment ben what you got
2: uh, I've got two Atta Girls That was weird Today I know He was doing that for A couple minutes now Maybe they were still DJing remotely I don't know That was weird I think. You, did you uh, give Kenny Access to, to the To oh, the yeah. spots Over the weekend When you saw him Oh yeah That's right Kenny DJ DJ Ken Dog
0: That's right Alright what we got
2: I got two Atta Girls Over the weekend Maya <laughs> Chaka uh, became the first black woman to officiate an NFL game. So, add a girl to, to Maya. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. And then uh, Lisa Byington uh, has become the first female full-time TV play-by-play announcer for a major men's professional sports team mm-hmm. uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have hired Lisa to be their play-by-play announcer.
0: Yeah, man, that's cool. I love, I love to hear uh, stories like these, man. The the break, the breakthrough stories, breaking down barriers. I, I love it, man. So, um,
2: congratulations. Yeah, shout out to Lisa and Maya. For sure, man. For sure, good stuff. For Those last names, I can't pronounce.
0: Well, Byington I know how to pronounce Byington from you know. That's going to be the bucks. I saw. Her story there on, on uh, Sports SportsCenter, uh, so that's really, really cool. Really, really, really cool. Um, man, this USC job show is getting a lot of attention. It, it, it how how long before it gets tire tiresome? I just feel bad for those players. I told you this yesterday after the show. Is is uh, you have well, you have a coach fired midseason, and now all the talk is about who's going to be the next coach, and that just Tells you like how how high profile that job is, um, because like I mean that's all you see on television right now. But I feel bad for the players because it's a distraction, man. They still playing, they are still playing, and you're trying to focus on the opponent this week. But in the back of your head, you're thinking about, all right, who's going to be my my coach next year, what does that mean for my future? It's just it's just a
2: distraction, so. And I feel, I feel bad for those players. Well, I also feel bad for them in the sense that the coaching staff, the, the individual assistant coaches, their future is in flux. So how much are they going to be locked in to, to focusing on these young men when, when their future is in doubt? Uh, you don't know what's, what's around the corner. And I know you still handle yourself professionally and – Whatever, but like, still, like, I mean, it's. I, I I guarantee you there could be a coach or two that that's more concerned about their future and and what's next for them than helping the players on the field. Yeah, I mean, most of those guys will be at new places. You
0: know, there may be some holdover, but I, you know, I, I doubt if it's more than one or two coaches. But most of those guys will be on the move. And as you know, as a coach at that level, you kind of understand that you're going to be moving around a lot. Uh, you know that your career is going to be another 10 years or so or 15 years, depending on the age of the coach. But as a player, like, you only you only get four years of play. You only get four years. As a coach, you're like, oh, whatever, yeah, man. I'll go somewhere else, get a big check. You know, as long as I'm coaching, I'm good. Um, you know, I'm about to get this buyout. So, hey, whatever. About to get paid twice. You know, you hate it for those. Kids of those, those coaches because now they have to move and right. go make new friends, things like that. They never asked to, to be a coach's kid uh, and have to change schools as much. So uh, let's see. What's y'all's thought on the baseball schedule? And is there any progress on the stadium that we're going to be able to see this upcoming season?
2: What's your thoughts on the baseball schedule, Swain?
0: I man, I was looking for LSU in Arkansas. That's what I was looking for.
2: Vaughn Baseball uh, let you know. Now I let them know what I expect to be seeing. <laughs> uh, Tennessee's conference schedule was released yesterday. the The non or uh, the entire schedule has not yet been released because uh, Tennessee is still trying to lock in some midweek games and, and get those final details sorted out. But they're almost done finalizing that. But the the conference schedule, the road series that Tennessee has to play is is pretty brutal. Uh, the road series consists of Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Florida, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. Mm. Uh, so Kentucky kind of the only one of those five that that aren't legitimate powers in the SEC. But at home it gets uh, a little easier. South Carolina, Missouri, Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia. Tennessee will start conference play March 18th against South Carolina at home. So the first time – during the Tony Vitello era, that Tennessee starts conference play at home. He he kind of complained about it last year. He wasn't wasn't too happy about having to go on the road to start conference play yet again. And what do you know? The SEC listened, and Tennessee starts at home to begin conference play. And in regards to the stadium, I think most of the work being done on the stadium right now is the underbelly, what, what you can't really see, where, where the players roam and get better and hang out and – all that fun stuff is, I think, the, the priority this offseason. And then uh, as as the years progress, hopefully Tennessee will continue to expand the seating and take care of what Tony Vitello wants and so on and so forth. But I do think you'll see the temporary bleachers that you saw in the, the tournament out there throughout the season.
0: Fake Bob Kesslin says... Um- 90% of the talk has been about quarterbacks this week. I want to ask about the safety play. Is it me or has both of our safeties been hit or miss in those first two games? I think it was flowers, but late in that pit game, he had a chance to make a big tackle behind the line of scrimmage and just missed badly. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say hit or hit or miss. I mean, I, I, I thought deal has been, has been good. Um, you know, Trayvon hasn't allowed any big plays over his head or had any um, significant
2: busts. What about keeping it strictly to the or uh, to uh, Trayvon and Jalen McCullough, Tennessee's two starting safeties? Because I-, I-, I do think it's been hit or miss a- at times. I, I think they- they've made some plays, but as Willie Martinez said earlier this week, I think they've also left some plays on the field. I, I would like to – to see Tennessee try to avoid allowing Jalen McCullough to get matched up in the slot with a, with a slot receiver because his athleticism no, d- does not do him any favors, and Pitt was able to find a way to get that match up a couple of times, and he's missed a couple of tackles. So I, yeah, I, he, I agree. I think it's been hit or miss. You don't want a safety on a
0: receiver in any situation.
2: Um, Unless it's Eric Berry or Tyron Matthew or Troy Palamalu. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Adams jumping over the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll I have to pay attention more to, to, um, I, I mean, I didn't, it didn't jump off. It didn't jump off the screen or jump off the field to me that it was, that it was, you know, hit or miss. I just understand that, man, you, you're not going to make every play and uh, the guys that, you know, other side are good too. They're going to make plays. And, um, you know, when I think hit or miss, I think like, all right, making a, making a big play and then missing a play that's big for the other, other team. And I, you know i didn't I didn't see that but if you if if you talk about in terms of just you know small plays being made here and then small plays not being made, I guess you can say hit and miss, but you know when I hear hit and miss, I think of like all right they're making big plays, but they're also giving up the big plays
2: yeah that that's that's fair. We haven't seen them give up the just the 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 big explosive play we we haven't seen that yet, but there there have been plenty of missed tackles and. I asked willie martinez his his thoughts on his safeties through the first two games and and this is my opinion of how I interpreted the way he was answering the question i I thought that he was trying to 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 find positive things to say that that was my perception of of just kind of how he was answering the question and what he was saying it, it was it seemed like he was trying to really talk slowly and make make sure that he he, he said positive things and he he admitted that there, there's been plays left on the field that Trayvon and Jalen would ad, admit to you that that they need to make and that they've also made some plays so uh, I I do think that 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 is a concern going up against some of these better teams moving forward is the inconsistency at safety so far
0: yeah, I mean it's the second game of the season
2: i mean it, it's really what every
0: team is is going through right now um you know you you want to be playing your best ball in october and november, but i mean it's 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 September, so yeah, like there should be a lot of things that need to be corrected. It doesn't mean you're not making good plays and you're not playing well at times, but a coach should be pointing out all the the things that you need to improve on, you know, privately. And then publicly, you know, you have your players back. You protect your players. As long as they're playing hard and have a good attitude, um, you know, you don't throw anybody under the bus. But behind the scenes, absolutely, man. I remember when when Robert Meacham went for 200-something yards against Cal in the first game. You think you think you think Troop was like, all right, um, mate, you. You take this video session off, man. We, we not we don't have any critiques for you. <laughs> Critiquing him the most. What about the other? What about the other sixty plays? So yeah, everyone's getting critiqued, man. Everyone. This is a this is a stage of the season where you you you're gonna be making mistakes, and again, this is the second game in a brand new offense and brand new defense. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, we've we've seen Heupel and pretty much every coach that I've talked to the media do the same thing that 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 you uh, feel like Willie was doing, which is you know making sure that there's a positive message about his players. But behind the scenes, like hey, like when when Cody talked about the receivers and Cody mentioned you know a receiver saying hey man he can be as good as he wants to be, uh, that's code for. That receiver needs to work harder. Mm-hmm. I know what that code. I know what that means. I know what that means.
2: That he's not handling all of his business. Yeah,
0: that's what that means. So, you know, you 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 want to protect your guys and have your guys back, but man, you gotta you can't be a flat out liar either. So there's a little bit extra of both. And um, this is this is the time of the season where like everybody, everyone has tons of things that need to work on and improve. All right, I lied last segment about going to the text box. It was Ben's fault. I'm really going to the text box uh, after this break. Stay with us.